Hello, my dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I welcome you to another edition of our podcast of the St. Jude Parish Chatter. I'm here with Tyler. Hello, Tyler. Hi, Father. It's great to be with you again. Um, I think we're, we're getting ready to uh, enter into the uh, 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. We're on our ninth podcast. And, everything and we had is... a lot of fun last week with Deacon John being with us. We, we did have a lot of fun last week with Deacon, Deacon John with us. It was great. I felt like I had more of an opportunity just to sit back and listen. And I enjoyed that. And, and it made uh, editing the podcast easier on me because I didn't have to listen to my own voice as much. I, I always and appreciate that. three people talking, it wasn't just you and I, and I actually got to listen to the podcast more <laughs> after producing it than I had to speak in it. That's, it was great. Um, I, I look forward to maybe more opportunities to bring people in and talk with us. Yeah, we'll have to look into doing that, Tyler. Um, this week, um, I thought that, you know, you know, we, we both have had a handful of meetings recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember... Uh, I had a couple days where I had just meeting and then meeting and it's just so much going on. And and you were even, you were relating to me an antidote you had this morning about a meeting. Yeah, I did have a, a meeting. We had a deanery meeting this morning and the dean, God bless him, it's his first time to be a dean. And we just switched over this summer. And so he had his first meeting this morning. And he was so happy to have everybody there that he just let the whole meeting go with whatever everybody wanted to say. And two and a half hours later, we were still sitting there in this meeting. <laughs> so it uh, it didn't have quite the discipline that I would have liked to have seen the meeting have. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I I, um, I I get distracted really easily, especially in meetings. And it's easy for my mind to wander and I start doodling. And then I'm like, oh my goodness, we've been here for an hour or so. Somebody pointed out to me a couple of years ago, they said the best one to lead the meeting is the one who does not want to be in the meeting. Mm. And what that means is that the one who doesn't want to be in the meeting isn't going to allow things to go just too far. You're just going to let it happen <laughs> as a meeting and then um, kind of push it on to the other side of the meeting. The one who absolutely loves being in the meeting is the wrong one to lead the meeting. So, so my encouragement to you, Father, is, is the first parish I worked at, my pastor, he always made sure he had an event that he had to be at an hour after our staff meeting started. So it could only last an hour. And that way it had to get done, it had to get over with. And, Smart you know. pastor. I, really, I like that idea. And actually, I had to come to the podcast. So I was the first one to leave the meeting that I was at earlier today. When I lead meetings, I am pretty sensitive to the time. And so I like it to start on time and end on time. And um, I, I found that even when I give plenty of time, like an hour and a half to a meeting, somehow it still takes up all of the time. There's so many things we can talk about in relation to these issues. Not, not, I mean, I, I, the meetings I like are the, like the one, two, maybe three, you know, th- few people meetings. Like, you know, speaking with Deacon John on last week, I, I met with him um, the day before we recorded the podcast, and it was great. I had an opportunity to sit down and talk about some of the adult ed stuff he's looking at maybe doing here at the parish, and, and it was a great opportunity just to have that one-on-one conversation. That kind of meeting, I enjoy. It seems more relaxed to me, and there isn't this bunch of people. Everyone's got their stories they've got to throw in there. So um, I, I appreciate it when meetings start on, on time as well, and yeah, that everybody gets their, their work done. One of the troubles, though, of a meeting needing to start on time is that sometimes things get in the way. And I can't quite get to the meeting as quickly oh, as yeah. I want to. There, there can be valid things like, yeah, a parishioner is, just needs to be, uh, has a crisis they're going through. But it makes me late for the meeting, and that does something to my soul. It's like a, a scratch on the car. It's like, ah, what do I do with this? Like I, I was almost late to a meeting with you. Uh, <laughs> what happened? Uh, well, you know, normally I'm like, because I, I, I live a little further away from the parish, and so I have to drive it through traffic in the morning. And I expect, you know, it's I've never had more than like a 45-minute drive to get in. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm leaving with like 50, 55 minutes to make sure I'm there. Plenty of time early, 
traffic wanted to to work the other way on with me that day and i i got i think i made it into the office three minutes before we met but i was extremely anxious that whole time as, as my map on my on my uh car is going and say oh you're getting cl it's getting closer and closer to my arrival time and, and meeting time and mm. but i got in we that, made it that happened to me a few weeks ago i was to be the pre-celebrant at a mass in erie saint scholastica's in erie and i gave myself an hour to get up there but traffic <laughs> was terrible so it's even worse if you have sacraments at the other side mm -hmm. as opposed to a meeting because with a meeting you can walk in 20 minutes late and just explain what happened and it's harder to do at mass i suppose it could be done but <laughs> uh yeah the church does not like the sacraments to start late <laughs> well uh great um I as we as we move forward, I I want to push again as our sponsor for our podcast is the parish picnic. It's yeah. this weekend. Um, tomorrow is the parish picnic. Come into to the picnic. If you're listening to this on Saturday, it's tomorrow, the eleventh. And if you're listening to this on Sunday morning, it's today. If you're listening on Monday, we hope you had a great time joining <laughs> That's us. That's right. Um, so parking down the tents today. Come and help us. <laughs> We'd love to have that help. Absolutely at five five thirty tonight. If it's if you're listening <laughs> on Monday. So. Um, so uh, Parish Picnic, uh, it's it's Sunday, uh, September 11th from 12 to 3, right after the 11 o'clock Mass. Come to the 11 o'clock Mass and afterwards stay for the Parish Picnic. And one um, of the great things you can participate in at the picnic is we're going to do the podcast live at the picnic. We're going to record it live anyhow. Yeah, that, that should be fun. We're, we're going to, you know, we were only nine episodes in. We thought, why not make things even a little more complicated and record live at the picnic, see how that works out. So come to the picnic. Uh, so we'll figure out how that works out. We'll figure out how you interact with us, but we'll, we'll record there so you can listen to us there. And then, then when we post it, you got to go listen to it. Yeah. Um, that, that's a requirement so we can see that, see that you listen to it. Um, but uh, Very please, good. Join so us. please join us for the picnic this on September the 11th after the 11 o'clock mass. Wonderful. Uh, let's get into this, this weekend's gospel reading, Father. Yeah. Good. Let me share the, the gospel with you, okay, Tyler? The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy, and upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I found my lost sheep. I tell you, in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need of repentance. What woman, having ten coins and losing one of them, would not light a lamp and sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it? And when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin that I lost. In the same way, I tell you, there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This Gospel is beautiful for me as a pastor, Tyler, because I am a shepherd. And so the word pastor means shepherd. And to be responsible for all of the sheep. And um, it's as if I don't get credit for the 99 that are so faithful and doing exactly <laughs> what they should. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast is part of the 99. It's the one lost sheep that the, the shepherd is called to go out and, and look for. And the Lord says that's the one that there will be the rejoicing over in heaven. 
And so as a shepherd, I want to participate in that rejoicing in heaven mm. and find the, the lost sheep who are out there. I find the, the lost sheep today, Tyler, are those who listen more to the ways of the world and comfort as opposed to um, the, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's the, the lost sheep that I, that I uh, have found as a pastor are yearning for something more. They find that when they go through a crisis, that comfort Catholicism doesn't, doesn't hold. Mm. So what I mean by comfort Catholicism is, is where um, the only reason to go to church is because we like the music and we feel comfortable uh, on the way in and the way out. And um, unfortunately, you can get all that from a podcast. And so a lot of the people who are doing the podcast masses, they're listening to, to a mass online or even watching it on, on television. Um, they can start to participate in comfort Catholicism, but it doesn't build up a soul. And I think those are the lost sheep that I, mm. that I feel called to, to look for. Like those who went out during the COVID shutdown, uh, statistically 25% of our faithful that were going to mass before COVID have not returned post-COVID. Yeah. And uh, those are the ones that I think got into comfort Catholicism. They're watching mass in their pajamas on Sunday morning. And so it's easier not to have to get dressed and to, to get into the car mm -hmm. and to come on time and to, to pray to actually get down on your knees. And that's the lost sheep that I feel called to to look for and, and to go deeper. Yeah, I, I found like with myself and my own family went with with, you know, with the beginning of COVID and everything like it, it was like, OK, well, you know, we're, we're you know, we're streaming mass through our home. And we tried with, you know, initially, which is my, my daughter and then our son was born. But we're trying to set up. We want to make today different so that it doesn't feel like we're not going to church still and and eventually I, I even felt with my, my daughter especially since she was the one that was you know more conscious of what was happening uh i was like okay we can watch it but i don't want her to get this feeling of oh well, i can just go to mass by watching it on on, on the computer screen or something i want this feeling of no sunday is still separate and maybe we're not able to go to mass at that time but we're still doing something we're still praying and, and listening to, to the readings and thinking about it as a family I experienced during that time that some people maintained that sense of the sacredness of the Sunday mm -hmm. and some people gave it up and right. it was their own, their, their own day. But those who had the sense of the sacred on Sunday are the ones who are back. I know of a parish in California where they had really strict lockdown requirements. And at the parish, they would go to the wall of the church and they would touch the wall mm -hmm. uh, where the tabernacle was right on the other side. And that was their Sunday practice. And the, the Catholics would just go to the church and touch That's the amazing. wall. And that was their way of, of coming to the sacred place in the midst of those times. And it's it's so easy. I, I mean, I even see my own self, you know, especially working for the church and everything. Like, it's so easy to get caught up in of, yeah, there's but these these comforts that the world is offering me, and and I I want to be able to just I you know I I. I'm working at the church. I'm like, yeah, but I'm doing all that stuff for God during every day of the week. And when I get home, I just want to do my own thing and get get in the comfort of my own life and do this and that. And and it it it's, it can it, it can be attractive just to enter into that that comfort. I I might for myself maybe even laziness of sorts. In order to seek those lost sheep, those who unlike you, Tyler, who who pulled back during the COVID time, I think that we can do some data analysis within mm. the parish looking for those who are in our spreadsheets or on, on the rolls of the parish, the census, as we call it, and seeing who has dropped off. And, and um, we can often tell that by the offertory. So if somebody is putting a check in or making their, their faith direct offering, we know that they're here and they're with us. And um, the, the ones that are not um, have, have dropped off over this last couple of years, maybe I'll send them a letter and just say, hey, come on back. We'd love to have them back. I mean, I understand that there are definitely some that I think there's still that fear. I know with my own, 
I have my family members who have compromised immune systems and there's there there is that fear still even now with with numbers sometimes they still go up and so there's that fear and there's even that fear to go back but I, I still mm -hmm. think like but we can find a way to even go back and still try to remain if, if we're have that fear to be safe and to enter into the sacred of that Sunday I, I certainly want people to have a sense of being safe but somebody pointed out to me it was never safe to go and be a Catholic throughout no. human history um, there have consistently been persecutions against those who would go to Sunday Mass in various forms. Deacon John shared a little bit of that with us last week, yeah. of the of the rejection that some people gave him when he was um, being faithful in Catholic medical ethics. And that can help him to us as well, that we can have some pushback. Um, and there's this whole religious movement out there called moralistic therapeutic deism, mm. MTD as it's often called. And this is a, a movement that's not Catholic, but it's just a, a movement that says to be religious means you're moralistic. You, you do nice things and avoid things that hurt anybody. That's that's the basis of moralism. And uh, therapeutic, it should feel good. You should <laughs> feel better when you practice your religion. And deism is just a vague job, vague God that we that we worship. It's not Jesus mm. Christ in the fullness of the Father revealed within Him within Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's moralistic therapeutic deism (MTD). But I think that belongs to the lost sheep. Those yeah, are the ones that so. are, are not coming back, and they're the ones that are looking for the comfort. And so, um, you know, I, I t taking like youth to conferences, like the Stupid of the Rockies conference, and, and and so much can be caught up in like, oh, there's this great feeling there. They they have, feel the presence of God, which is true. I, I think the Holy Spirit can work in those ways, and they can bring this this great feeling, this great even feeling of peace or joy or whatever it might be, and yet that's not where we're not meant to live in that on our day-to-day -day faith life. Like we're, we have to go through that. We have to follow Christ, which means to enter into the cross with him. And that's not always easy. The great sacrament of the cross I would propose is the Holy confession. Mm. At least for me, that's the hardest one to do. I love mass. Isn't mass beautiful? We hear the word, we get to receive our blessed Lord confession. I have to come to uh, grips with my own imperfections and to right. uh, the Lord already knows them, but he asks us to confess our sins to one another. It's a great read in Matthew chapter uh, 16, that we are called to um, confess our sins to one another and whatever the church loosens in this world mm. is loosened in heaven. And whatever is bound in this world is bound in heaven. So since we want to be freed of our sins in heaven, we have to have them freed within this world by coming to the church. I, I just think that. I love the sacrament of confession. When I was, you know, in seminary studying to be a priest um, before God said, nope, I have other plans for you. It was the thing I actually looked forward to the most. I was like, I, I couldn't wait to be able to hear confession because it's like I knew my own struggles with that and also the, the, the joys that I experienced of, of going to confession and feeling that peace of walking out of there like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing, um, and 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 yeah, I I still I, there's there's times where like I don't want to go there to that priest. I, I don't feel comfortable going there. But that's the great joy is we're we're a universal church, and and yeah, yeah it'd be great to go to my parish or whatever. But there's 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 lots of opportunities for me to go around, especially here in the Denver area, and to be able to just go and find that peace and that joy is great. One of my great confession experiences was going to St. John Paul II's funeral. So by a miracle, I ended up in Rome for the funeral wow. of John Paul II. And there was a pretty international event on that day, yeah. kind of ad hoc. The church only had a week to put that together. <laughs> and so millions of people were out there for that. And people, I was there in my Roman collar, and they wanted to have their confession heard. And um, it was a beautiful experience of just being Catholic. That's amazing. They were from all kinds of countries and, and places. And um, 
I, I know that I absolve them of their sins. I'm not sure which of sins I absolve them from because they're speaking language that I didn't understand. But they knew they were going to confession. Right. I'm sure that it was an honest confession, and I was able to um, to give them absolution. Ah, I, I love that. I love that universality of the church, and I love that ability to participate in these sacraments no matter where we are, no matter what language. So, yeah. So if MTD, Moral Therapy, the moralistic therapeutic deism is a part of your life. Go to confession. It is the immediate remedy. Absolutely. Because it's a little bit uncomfortable, but that's the power of coming back into the flock of being back in the Jesus Christ. And encourage friends to go as well. Like, Let's take advantage of this wonderful sacrament we have. Just as a reminder to everybody, confessions at St. Jude Parish at 3.30 p.m. every Saturday afternoon. Just come to the little room off to the right-hand side of the church. Wonderful. Well, thanks again for having this, this conversation with us. Um, and I look forward to talking with you and everyone else next week at the picnic. Um, but before we go, would you give us your blessing, Father? The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.